Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. I'm Lin Lee and welcome to Morning Shot. Storm surges whipped up by powerful cyclone Mocha hit the coasts of Myanmar and Bangladesh hard over the weekend. But thankfully, the Category 5 cyclone did not make landfall on the world's largest refugee camp, Cox's Bazaar, in low-lying Bangladesh, as earlier feared. Ahead of the storm, some 300,000 refugees were evacuated from Cox's Bazaar, where more than 1 million Rohingya refugees stay. No casualties have been reported so far, but the cyclone still destroyed hundreds of makeshift shelters in the camp. And for the latest on the ground situation, we have on the line Rusi Kesh Harichandan, head of Subdelegation of International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Society's Cox's Bazaar Field Office. Thanks for joining us this morning, Rusi. Good morning. Okay, Rusi, forecasters warn that Cyclone Mocha could be the most powerful storm seen in Bangladesh in nearly two decades. But it looks like the country didn't take a direct hit. Even so, we understand that landslides and floods are still hitting the area. So what's the situation like right now on the ground? Uh, thank you. Yesterday, uh, uh, after the landfall, most of the humanitarian organizations, including uh, the International Federation, I was also in the community to see actually what the damage is. What we found locally, the camp population where 1 million people are living uh, in Cox Bazar, those there are winds, there is uh, rain, but the damage was limited. In a way, the initial report finding says around 21,000 households, uh, were, you know, particularly individuals were affected, and uh, there are only 16 injuries and uh, 716 families were displaced. Those families were uh, put into the temporary shelters uh, in the learning centers in the schools which are used inside the camp. And uh, as for our information, around 306 shelters are fully damaged and around 3,900 shelters are partially damaged. There are 12 water points which were damaged and around 100 lessons damaged. This is the initial finding that we have yesterday from the Intersector Coordination Group. And independently, uh, our federal, uh, International Federation team also visited and had the same information from the site. There so, is no water sources as such. We found the roads are clean, and now the access was established. This is this was yesterday's update uh, after evening 5, 5 p.m. So, how's the condition right now? Now the people they, they have started moving to their own uh, place uh, from the learning center. Yesterday, uh, uh, the humanitarian organizations provided filter materials. They started repairing those damaged ones, and during the shelter, during the landfall uh, on 15, uh, people were provided uh, hot meals and also dry rations. So again, the food ration supply continued. And uh, yesterday's report from VVN and other organizations that the food system and operation is uh, normal. The health uh, health facilities have opened, and all the doctors back to the duty uh, inside the camps. Okay, there are about half a million children among the Rohingya refugees living in those sprawling camps prone to flooding and landslides. Given that we're still hearing reports of impending floods, realistically speaking, what's going to happen to them? They, they were the most, uh, you know, sufferer in, in case of the flood or any in the continuous rain or ruin. Uh, however, those children, along with their parents, they moved to this uh, uh, learning centers, mm-hmm. and they were soon back to the school uh, from 
I think tomorrow to today they will be going back to their schools uh, because the schools have fully opened as well as the learning centers so were operational for providing the evacuation facility to the people so we do hope that all the children will be back today to the schools and um, so that they they will have continue their education of course they always are the, the most suffered because of their education because of their future uncertain in the camp so that is that remains a constant problem until they have it. Uh, that dignified return to their homeland and have their future. Rusi, tell us what are the key challenges your team is facing when rendering humanitarian assistance to those who need it the most at the moment. At the moment, uh, in fact, we we have uh, provided the drinking water facilities already, and uh, dry food is reached to the uh, households who are temporary shelters in other special places. The most critical problem is now, including international federation, is the funding cut down to continue the humanitarian operation. Mm. Because most of the humanitarian organizations, they face this challenge as the global funding cut down has been a gradual reduction to growing the operation. Uh, that's the one thing. Second thing is, uh, in the absence of a uh, you know an international understanding for the repatriation of these people. This problem has become protracted, so mm-hmm. it needs longer-term support. That is the other thing which we, we as an organization, will see. And what, however, our job mandate, we continue to provide the essential services in order to protect the refugee population inside the camp. We'd also like to touch on the situation in the Rohingya camps even before the cyclone. About six million people were already in need of humanitarian aid across the Rakhine State and the northwest of the country, while 1.2 million have been displaced. So, how would you assess the severity of the refugee situation, especially after a three-year COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the ongoing Myanmar conflict? Yes, guys. Actually, the crisis is huge in terms of it might have seen. People are desperately taking sea routes to go to other countries for better life. They have been putting their, uh, you know, demand before the international community for their repatriation as soon as possible. And very recently, uh, both the countries they have discussed and they are moving forward with some hope that the repatriation will start. But looking at the population size and the demand and the need for their basic needs, which is huge in terms of food, shelter. You know, even education, employment is still a big question for all of them. So this is really a big challenge to continue to scale in uh, this operation. And on the top of that, every year around 30,000 children, newborn children are there. So this population crisis uh, is really going a little bigger day by day. Whereas mm-hmm. we see that there is no solution uh, we can see very soon. Are the effects from this cyclone Mocha uh, backtracking humanitarian efforts? Of course, of course, because any disaster in the the impact on the camp is backtracking the humanitarian work. Uh, as because shelters uh, are damaged, again the disaster is put into order. Water facilities, uh, supply chain, and also ensuring school education. All all the all these basic essential facilities are uh, impacted by cyclone. So this is definitely backtracking. But we do hope that it will continue and we will recover faster. As we see a good coordination from the intersector coordination group, government, and all the human actors, they put their best in responding to this cyclone. Thank you very much for your insights. We've been speaking with Rusikesh Hari 
Chandan, head of subdelegation of International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies, Cox's Bazaar Field Office. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.